0: Hello, and welcome to another Fire Up Chat. I am Deborah Trapin of D11, and today's a wind-down chat. Yay! I'm super excited for you to all meet Sarah Jones. So I'm going to share with you a little bit about Sarah. And you know, I always love it when people have sassy, fun bios. Well, put your seatbelt on, because here we go. Sarah's fantasy football team is named Favor College, and her profile picture is Khalees, Mother of Dragons. Okay, she has hippie roots with big city experience. She lived on a reservation while very young. Yeah, we'll ask her about that. And later lived in San Francisco, Dallas, and now she's in Houston. She has a love hate relationship with mornings. Amen, sister. Sarah Jones is a co founder and CEO of Bamboo Realty. She's been across the country as an industry change agent for her dedication to corporate culture corporate culture, that sounds like an oxymoron, and creative branding. She is a college football fan and roots for her alma mater, the Colorado Buffs, no matter their on-field record. Well, we all know what that means. Um, when she is not working or rooting for her favorite sports team, you'll find her upside down on the yoga mat at the local hot yoga studio, where she's been practicing for over five years. She and her husband, Brian, adopted their Adorable daughter, Portia, from Ethiopia, Ethiopia in 2015. So, oh my goodness, there you go. There is Miss Sarah Jones. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Fire Up. Woo! Thank you so much for
1: having me. I need to update my bio because I think five weeks ago I moved to Denver. So I'm here in Denver, Colorado, just a couple miles from where Stacy's at, at least her
0: office. So, well, you know, what's interesting. I was wondering if you were actually living there now. It's always so hard to tell where people are on social media. Yep. You're <laughs> like, absolutely right. Is she just traveling there a lot or does she live there now? So Denver, oh my gosh, I love Denver. Good for you. Yeah. Denver's amazing.
1: So I'm originally from Colorado, so it's a little bit of a homecoming.
0: Oh, good. So, So tell us, tell everybody a little bit about you. I mean, obviously they heard the bio, but what, what are you up to right now before we get into the you know the, the chit chat about the side hustle? Um, let's find out a little bit more about like what's happening in your life right now.
1: Yeah, so um Anybody who has had kids or um, has kids now, you know, I have a toddler I have a two-year-old Portia and she takes up a lot of space in my life um, She is 23 pounds of fierce and she runs circles around me and circles around my husband, and it is all we can do to keep up as um, a new mom. And we are waiting for approval to go adopt a little boy now named Benjamin. Uh, he's over there, so hopefully by the end of the year he's ten months old. Now, um, so I'm sure when I have, you know two kids two and under that that will be an even bigger handful. So that's that's a big part of my space, you know, right now, and. Uh, you know, five or six weeks ago to pick up my whole life and move from Texas to Colorado. And uh, as part of that was moving the headquarters for Bamboo. So we, have you know, had to make a lot of changes there. And uh, just, you know, working now in Rodan and Phil's skincare, which I am completely obsessed with. And so I've got a really full, fun life. And also being from Colorado, just catching up and reconnecting with so many people. You know, I got to see a college girlfriend last night, and we chatted you know, over beers for a couple hours and you just make space in your life for what's important. So I have a very full life right now.
0: I love that. And let's, let me just give you a huge shout out for using the word full, not busy. Yes. That is that busy is a dirty word around the fire Up studio. We don't, we're not busy. We have full, beautiful lives. So I'm so, so excited to talk to somebody who has the same kindred spirit attitude. I love it. Um, And I love that you say you, you have time for what you want to make a priority. Absolutely. I think that's so beautiful. I think a lot of people don't think that way. They think they don't have enough time. And it's like, well, we all have the same 24 seven. So one of the things we love to do is share about what's in our glass. Of course, on everything I do, I like to find out what is in everyone else's glass. So what are you sipping over there? Uh, so this
1: is, um, I brought the bottle over here because I just had a feeling you would ask. Um, it's Stone Street Vineyard. So it's Alexander Raleigh in Sonoma County. And it's really good. Just very earthy and um, delicious Cabernet. So I'm, you know, just a few sips in and won't be surprised if this bottle goes tonight. I've got my husband in the next room waiting for a, waiting for a glass too. So
0: what about you drinking? So I, um, as you know, being up in Washington, I always try to focus on a Washington wine or something crazy across the globe, because Kelly usually has uh, California wines covered when we do our chit chat on Women on Wine TV. So what I'm drinking today is one of my actual favorites here. I don't know if you can see that. It's always delicious. It's called Cardis. Yum. And this, so Cardis is a Rhone house. There's a lot of Rhone style wines being made in Washington. And that's uh, instead of Cabernet, it's Syrah, right? Instead of Chardonnay, it's like a Roussan or a Viognier. So it's very much the Rhone style wines. And I love them. They're much lower on the tannins, which is so great for me, a little higher on the acidity, which I love. I like brighter wines. I don't necessarily like a dirty wines i don't want my mouth to feel dry afterwards so uh this rose is wonderful it is it it's off sweet it's not super sweet but it definitely tastes like strawberries in your mouth so it is one of my favorites and we're actually having salmon tonight and this is like i don't know if we'll have any left for dinner but <laughs> we're gonna try we're gonna try but cheers cheers to you yes. cheers to a beautifully full life i love that yes So one of the things that I really love to find out from guests is what took you out of what you were doing before into starting your own company? Mm -hmm. What was that push?
1: Uh, Yeah, my background is in consulting and I traveled a lot. So I was uh, I lived in San Francisco and I had a bunch of East Coast clients. So I was flying back and forth from San Francisco to New York and New Jersey and Miami and Pittsburgh and Chicago and um, all over. Uh, And that's exhausting. I was never great at working on the road. Um, I sort of took my, you know, my corporate travel experience and doubled it with you know, for fun travel experience. So as much as possible, I'd stay through the weekend. And when you travel that much, you really, uh, you struggle to get everything done and you struggle to stay well-rounded. It's hard to work out on the road. It's hard to eat healthy on the road. It's hard to have a routine on the road. So well-rounded kind of goes out the window. Um, I relocated to Dallas and, uh, was doing the same thing, traveling. And I met my husband, we got married really fast. We went from you know marriage to the aisle in nine months. And once I got married, I just I was like I don't want to do this anymore. So within eighteen months, I met a real estate agent who specialized in rentals, found my husband and uh, myself an apartment in downtown Dallas, and I I thought it was so glamorous. He um, you know drove us <laughs> for a few hours. He drove us around for a few hours and took us out for margaritas. Uh, And so I was like, wow, um, if that's what you do, hang out for a couple hours and drink margaritas and there's no, you know, corporate presentations and report development and, you know, East Coast, West Coast, red-eye flies. I was like, I'm in heaven. So I went from traveling all over the country to, you know, adopting a five-mile happy radius in real estate. So that's really what it was. It was the right uh, amount of burnout with the right opportunity.
0: Uh, And I just, I soaked it up, dove in. I love that. You know, it's so funny. I love the stories, especially when I'm talking to my real estate family about how almost all of us say it looks so glamorous. Like, I don't remember mine, you know, showing up in his kick-ass Land Rover with his Starbucks and his fantastic Jack. And I was like, oh, yeah, this looks good. It's different when you're on the other side, everyone. It's not as glamorous as it sounds, Absolutely. but it, it is a wonderful business if you can find your happy place if you can find your your version of balance and freedom and success because it is a crazy world for sure so I love that um one of the one of the questions and kind of we can roll right into that is the success question you know in in any kind of sales environment whether it's with Bamboo inside the the real estate space. How you're either competing locally or nationally or internationally for acclaim or acknowledgement, um, or with uh, a, the side hustle, right? The Rodan and Fields or any any woman who's doing anything like that or man, of course. Although eighty percent of direct sales is female. Um, <clears throat> how do you define your own success so that you don't get lost in the the horrifying circle of Comparison.
1: Yeah, so I I'm an oldest. So for me, I always laid out what success looked like, and I didn't have somebody that was in front of me, you know, showing me what it looked like. I was like, Mom, I'm going to do that, and then I would do it. And I've been like that since I was very young. And I always set very lofty goals. Um, and just was so laser focused on on completing them, and so for me, success is setting a goal and meeting my meeting my goal no matter how long it takes or how hard you have to work to get there and there was nothing um, external that ever came to me that said like that's your measure of success and uh, i'll give you I'll give you an example um, With Inman News, I've been pretty actively involved with them for about three years. I saw in a newsletter, electronic newsletter, an opportunity for an incubator space three years ago. And I just looked at it, read the article, looked at Brian, and I was like, I'm going to be in this incubator. Like, I'm going to get us in there, and I'm going to work as hard as I can and capitalize. And so it wasn't the recognition that came with actually getting it. It was the fact that I said, I will do it, and then I did. Um, and I, you know, worked very hard that year with all of the mentors and um, built success that way. So, you know, for me personally, it's just, you know, what goal and where do I want to go and how am I going to get there? And sales is great for that because there's no there's no goal that anybody's going to set for you in real estate. Nobody's going to say, you know, you've got 20 transactions a year or you're out. It's a, It's an industry where you collect people that, you know, hang their license with you and you measure success based on the number of agents. For me, it was always like... You know, I'm going to help 10 people per month in rentals or I'm going to, you know, do 20 transactions this year or I am going to, you know, once I get to 10 million in sales, I'm going to make sure somebody underneath me gets to 10 million in sales. And it didn't matter that it's taken, you know, three years to get there. Um, But when we get that 10 million dollar producer, I'm like, that's success to me. Um, Just, you know, again, setting a goal and getting there.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, that's so important. And I think, you know, we talk about goals a lot. When as business owners, we talk about setting goals, you know, got to write your goals down. There's all there's all these great rules around goals, (laughs) which, of course, especially firstborns, don't do so well with if they're not involved in the creation of the Mm rules. At least that's how it was in my house. That was there was always a negotiation and it was it was never it's my way or the highway. I mean, I'm sure a couple of times they said that, but I totally blocked that out. Uh, But the, the concept of saying, this is where I want to, where I want to go or where I want to take people along with me. And I think it's so, I think there's beauty in that because there's such a service, a service heart related to that, right? I want to help 10 people find their rental. It's not, I want to make a certain amount of money next week. And if I don't, you know, I'm devastated or worse, which I see all the time in real estate is most brokerages have, you know, the, they laud and applaud and reward the top producers yeah. as though that's the only way you can determine whether somebody's living a successful real estate career. And it's, uh, it's a, I'm on a mission <laughs> to, to get them to stop thinking about that or at least help the agents and brokers understand that's not the only. Just because it's the one thing they talk about, it's a number. It's a number. And find, find your freedom in, in your own definition. So I, I love that. So let's let's switch gears from the big RE into the side hustle. So maybe tell the people who have never heard this term exactly what the side hustle is.
1: Yeah, I think side side hustle is a new term that I've read a lot about. It seems to be showing up in places like Forbes or Entrepreneur Magazine. And it's essentially um, a, a side hustle is you know, what you are doing in addition to your primary work. So uh, a lot of people have two jobs, uh, but what we see with millennials is they work very hard at, you know, one job and then something they're passionate about becomes their side hustle. And so maybe they aspire to be a writer um, or they want to be a, you know, fashion designer. So they have this eight to five that they They work Monday through Friday, and then outside of those hours, they have something going on that they're more passionate about writing or design or yoga teaching or any number of things. So, um, you know, for me right now, that is Rodan and Fields, and I, it's a a skincare company, it's multi-level marketing, it's relatively new compared to a lot of the um, MLMs that are out there, and I am, you know, I was like, this is the side hustle for me. I wasn't looking for one. It found me because I was passionate about the products. And I'm just loving every minute of it. So I think there's some kind of spark that comes with a side hustle. You know, it's not the part-time job to make ends meet. I feel like it's more, you know, what adds energy when you're doing it.
0: So mm. my I think that's so beautiful. I was saying uh, to the folks who were on before you popped in that it's not, the concept isn't new. I mean, my mom had a side hustle my entire life. And, you know, whether it was back then, it was Mary Kay or Tupperware or Avon. Or even like she would, she went through this huge phase. I don't know if you'll remember this because I know you are younger than I am, but puffy paint and puffy paint on clothes was so huge. Oh my God. And so she used to make these adorable little onesie sets with hats and socks and little baby mittens. I mean, and she would sell them on the weekends. She would have a little booth in the store. I mean, it was crazy. She was a total entrepreneur, but they didn't call it a side hustle, right? And it was almost kind of frowned upon to talk about at work because it, you know, is that moonlighting? And so I think that's a cool change.
1: Yeah. I I feel like there's still uh, in some ways a stigma associated with a side hustle. And I've talked to a couple of people about it in the real estate industry. Allah, you know, is it taking away from your real job or is it taking you know your energy from where you should be at or your focus and you know for me I feel like I get energy from it I get inspiration from it and I'm I'm learning things that I can instantly turn around and apply in my real estate business that I didn't expect so um you know if people associate a stigma with it I don't blame them at all because I certainly rolled my eyes along the way to you know these things as they cropped up But once you're in it, I mean, it's like the veil has been lifted and there are so many cool businesses that people work on the side and from home. And I just I want to hear about more of them.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. You know, what's interesting is when you were saying that I was thinking how many people have looked at having a small boutique real estate book of business as their side hustle? Yeah. and and how the real estate industry kind of looks at that like you know kind of poops it and says oh you can't be a part-time realtor or whatever it might be i think that it's just cuz it's unknown and i think everybody has a desire to to look professional to other people and the people who care about that are the ones who freak freak out about the side hustle yeah I you know it's like they're they're feeling judged or like somebody's going to think it's not professional if another real estate agent is doing that then it looks bad upon me kind of thing um so i do have a i i actually wonder this and i'm sure you've been asked this but i'm gonna ask you because we're here and and i can uh, um are you getting backlash because you're talking about ordan and fields on your facebook page like are people like what the heck are you still selling real estate or are they like oh my god this is the best thing ever like what is the mix of emotion coming towards you right so uh
1: i'll just take one step back um i I signed up as a consultant at first to get the discounts 25% yeah. off if you, um, if you're a, a consultant and I loved their products enough so that I knew that that 25% would come in handy. And um, I was like, let me just, you know, see how much I like it. And then the first month, and, and then I called my mom. I was like, mom, I think I really like this. And I think I can sell it. Uh, and so she signed up right away. Cause she's like, if, You know, I better support my daughter. And I called one of my best friends and I was like, hey, Liz, like, I I think I could really do this. Do you think I'd be crazy? And she's like, where do I sign up? So the first two people I talked about it with signed up, um, which made it made it really fun. And I did not post on my Facebook page for the first 30 days because I was like, I want to get some experience under my belt and and really feel how I feel about it. And, you know, would this work if it was just, you know, word of mouth or my reaching out? And um, I I finally was like, you know what, I'm going to try it for two or three weeks in a row, just post something every day and see what happens because the most successful people in network marketing at this point post on their Facebook page on a daily basis. And I was watching successful people do it. And I was like, you know what? I think I can post without being obnoxious. And there are people that post uh, and they're very obnoxious. And I really try hard to not be one of those people. You know, they're the kinds that are like buy this big sale cash back. and, And there's no, There's nothing else there, no substance. And so when I think about what am I going to talk about today, um, it's really how does Rodana Fields fit into my life? And when you tell that story, it's very different than trying to sell somebody. And so that's really what I do every day. And as a result, I have had not one person say to me you know this is irritating or will you please stop or i disagree with it and i'm getting actually messages that are the opposite like you know oh my friend also sells right on and fills but she's pretty obnoxious about it and i really just wanted to let you know i like your posts or um you know you're so inspirational i'm glad we're friends on facebook so it's not it's not you know just you have to be aware of what you're doing it's not selling every day it's sharing how is this product impacting my life and
0: it seems to be effective I love that. I love, cause I actually love all of your posts. I'm like, I wonder what she's gonna post today. That's honestly what I think. I'm like, I wonder what she's gonna post today. Is it gonna be some crazy eye cream, like miracle, or like, what is it gonna be? My eyes are covered the- in blueberries. Like, you know, I was like, oh,
1: girlfriend, you're a disaster today. You know, it's all, it's, it's sharing your life. And if your business is part of your life, share that, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 Well, and, and your hubby, who I think is in the, in the room here. Yeah. I love that he posted on the Facebook announcement that we're having this chat that he and his buddies are like addicted to the product as well. <laughs> I was like, like, that's uh, so awesome. The family concept. Like it's not just, it's not just mama keeping her skin beautiful and fresh looking, you know, dad's jumping in too.
1: Yeah. And it, uh, you know, when he started hijacking my products, you know, it was like, I was like, will you please try this just to, you know, tell me what you think about it. And he did it. And, the next day, he's like, you know, this in the mirror, like, hmm, maybe I do look a little younger. Uh, and so I was like, you should probably take a before picture. Um, and at that point, you know, I just set it up like in between our two sinks on the bathroom vanity and he uses it. And he traveled to Dallas recently. I was like, are you going to take it? He's like, I really want to, but I'm not checking a bag. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, it's, uh, it's fun to see him, you know, wash his face. You know really for the first time i mean he's a he's a rugged guy and he was like you know whatever shampoo comes from his head to his you know his scruffy beard that was face washing so
0: yeah i love so, you brian jones i hope you're back there laughing at me i'm sure he is because i think that's hilarious and i think there's a lot of a, a lot of men uh that we have a actually a very high male viewership of the show it's um not surprising, because they want to peek into what women talk about. Um, but the, they're probably loving it. I think it, it's it's one of those things where it makes you feel more confident. It's kind of like I was... I, I don't like to talk politics, but I will say this. like I think the fact that a female was nominated and accepted, the presidential nomination, is huge, because yeah. people can see themselves doing it. It's one thing to hear that you can, it's another thing to see someone else who's done it. And most people are not trailblazers. They're not visionaries. They're not the first time person. Right. And so it's huge. It's, I mean, his friends are going, well, if Brian does it, I guess I could try it. And that's, that's so, I mean, that's beautiful. And I think that's what it's all about, you know, sharing, kind of sharing the awkwardness of, yeah, I am a guy and I'm using eye cream, but I love it.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, he, the day after he, you know, used it for the first time he was in the office in Houston and there were three girls in there. Uh, and he's like, he couldn't stop talking about it. And he's like, Sarah, will you please email him more details because I got them so excited and all three of them at this point use it. So it's kind it's a very funny thing when you, you know, when your husband gets excited about it, it's not, you know, I'm your boss and I'm like, you should use this. And they feel obligated. It's like, well, if you know, Sarah's husband's in here telling me that it's amazing, I don't, you know, it's just, it's really funny. So
0: thanks for helping my sales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, Sounds like there might be a vacation in the future, um, um, or at least a killer adoption. Woo, woo. I know.
1: I, I think I will pop over to Ethiopia in August. Uh, we can't bring him home till the um, adoption is finalized, and another probably four to six months before that happens in a best case scenario. So I'll probably try to take a trip at the end of August just to go meet him and snuggle him and hold him. You know, for a week, and then you know, fly back and hopefully be back before the end of the year or early, early in twenty
0: seventeen. Yeah. That's so amazing, and and I would imagine that the kind of the. Uh, I don't know. Do you call yourself an adoptive mom? I mean, it doesn't seem like you need a label, but that the community around that, The I mean, cause that is a process. My best girlfriend in California adopted four kids at the same time from Ukraine and like watching her go through that process and watching you go through the process of adopting Portia and the waiting and then the uh, pause button and then, okay, we're going. And then, Oh my gosh, we're waiting again. Yeah. Um, how, I mean, that's, that's gotta, there's gotta be a lot of fear in, in that at least the first time around. Cause you're like, is this actually going to happen? So how do you like, what inspires you to keep moving forward when, when you've got a little bit of that tinge?
1: You know, when you close your eyes and you can imagine the first time you hold them or the first time you, you kiss them and you look into his eyes. And I had, a uh, um, tr- another adoptive mom traveled to the orphanage um, in January, and then a different one in June, and they both sent me pictures. And when you can imagine yourself in the picture holding your child, that will last you. That will last you as long as it's going to take, you know. And so there is there is always the risk, you know, that something will happen and that he will never come to America. But at this point, he's my son, and so it's like I'm going to do what it takes and wait as long as it takes and and hope and pray and you know, shed tears and cry at night sometimes, but he will, you know, I have the vision of it. So I know he will be here, but it's just, you know, it's holding the vision. And I think that's so important, not just when it comes to adoption, but, um, in business, you know, how do you know that this, this idea that's in your head or in your heart will eventually become reality. And, and when you go through the hardest times or when you have a roadblock, you just have to close your eyes and. And the vision that you have that is so strong, you got to see it and wake up with it and fall asleep with it. And nobody else can carry it for you. I'm his mom. You know, I can't. If I lose sight of the vision, what's going to happen to him? You know, as a business owner, if I lose sight of where we're going, what happens to our company? So it's really, there's a lot of, you know, overlap there.
0: You know what? I, it, it just occurs to me, you know, one of the, one of the big conversations that I have with clients and or audiences when i'm talking about the fire up concepts about your core four and your values and passion you know a big question i always get is like i can't i can't work my passion i can't like my passion isn't a job (laughs) you know what i mean like they can't they love to golf and so what does that mean? Like they can't, they're not a professional golfer or whatever. And, and just listening to you. And I mean, we've known each other for a, a couple of years now and, and we've had lots of wine together and lots of conversations. And, and I think what, what I'm sensing. And I think what the audience will agree with me on is that I think what the side hustle and bamboo and all of these different things is basically you're just turned on. Like, you're on. It's not, it's it's not about following a passion per se. It's just about being a passionate person and n- noticing that, yeah, this is really fun. You love real estate. You love helping people, but I need a little something. I need to, I need a little fuel for my soul tank and I'm not going to expect it to come from my husband or from my child or from my day job or whatever you want to call it. And I think that there's, that's to me what, what balance is that elusive word. Like, I don't think there's ever anything that's equal, like you can't, but I just listening to you. So I, I feel like that's kind of where your, your equalizer, if you will, is, is that you're very aware of when you need to spark yourself. That, does that resonate with you?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, Zach Shabbat, he's our vice president, and he's a huge fan of the side hustle. Um, a lot of people don't, don't realize that about him, but he, he's like, how can we better celebrate people in our company who do things on the side? It's sort of one of our, you know, strategic initiatives, if you will. You know, like, what are people doing outside of real estate? How can we celebrate that? Um, and for me, as the leader of the company, you know, where do I draw my inspiration from? and i can look at um, people inside of the company and find inspiration there's some incredible single moms at our company that just I'm like how do you do your job and you are amazing and i can look outside of the company but within the industry and strong female leaders and learn something from there and i'm looking outside of the industry in some cases and i've always done that like Kempton hotels or southwest airlines and what you know what does kimpton do to make a five star service for people that stay at their hotel and how do they you know, create a cult-like following um, with their their offering, and you know how can we do that in bamboo? And so, for me, with Rodan and Fields, it's like wow, there are a lot of a lot of women who who did this on the side, and they are extremely passionate about it, and they share it with everybody. And it's not just about the dollars; it's about the life change, and it's about pouring into their families and pouring into the women that they bring on board with them and building a team. And I'm like, that is so inspiring. And I feel like it's what I needed at that time when it found me. Again, I wasn't looking for like a second thing. I just was looking for inspiration and I noticed it, these inspiring women. And um, my, my background in consulting was in health and welfare, and I specialized in, you know, disability and why were people not working if they were, you know, uh, so stressed out they couldn't be at the job or if they were, you know, a nurse and they had a back injury or, a, um, you know, maternity leave. But stress disability always really fascinated me. How could people be burned out to the point where they couldn't function? And until you've been there, you don't know it's real. But I got there in consulting and my boss, you know what he did? He didn't say take two weeks off. He said, go work in the communications department. And just by working a different side of my brain and working on a different project, I recovered completely. And so for me, when I'm able to say, okay, I'm going to set aside, you know, my looking at finances or marketing or growth plans or, you know, coaching or, you know writing a new training program and i'm like oh my god i get to talk about making somebody's skin glow and what is you know what is this scrub doing what is a peptide it's a different part of my brain so it's almost like a stress relief for me those coloring books are very popular right now uh, because they operate access a different part of your brain and people like to golf because it accesses a different part of your brain and so i think that's what the side hustle does for a lot of people it's a different part of their brain that's getting worse. so they recover faster and everywhere else so Um, I do draw inspiration. I do draw energy from it. And I think it's, you know, it's really powerful. So cheers to
0: the side hustle. Right. Amen. You know, honestly, that's really where Women on Wine TV came for Kelly and for me is we were like, we want to do something fun. We want to do something fun. And we weren't necessarily looking for another income stream, but we love talking. We love drinking wine. And we're like, hmm. And it really has turned into way more of a passion project where we get wine for free. Yeah, (laughs) It's like, what could possibly be bad about that? But it really, I mean, the thing is with a, with a side hustle in doing what it is that honestly we all do. I mean, she serves the food and and restaurant space. Mm -hmm. You know, you serve the real estate industry. I serve uh, independent sales professionals and, and, and leaders in that space. But, they all have, we all have something in common in, in certain ways. And that's, we're serving others. And for me, being able to talk about wine in a side manner in a, in a way that it's not like I'm just a drunkard drinking bottles of wine every day. It's like, I'm really passionate about this space and understanding about it and the craft. And like you're saying, the peptides and, you know, what is, what is this, what does this scrub do versus that? It's, you are learning and it's, and you can share. And if it brings you financial revenue flows, why not? And if it makes you happy, why
1: not, right? Right? Right. That's what it it came down to. You know, I I was talking with a friend in real estate. I was like, you know, what will people think? And she's like, who cares if it makes you happy? And Mm so whenever I want to put myself out there, I I have that little bell, like who cares if it makes you happy? Uh, And that's what it comes down to. But I also think that where you find happiness and where your passion leads you and where it doesn't feel like work, then the money follows. And I think that anybody would agree that that's, you know, that that's the case or at least the opportunity to do it if you stick around long enough. So, um, it's, it's fun. It's very fun. And I get all yeah. in the mirror every day and be like, Oh my God, I look like JLo, not JLo, but you know, a younger, yeah. younger version of
0: myself. <laughs> <laughs> you are so it's glowing. I mean, I think, and I think that, You know, part of, part of the beauty of it being something that's related to skincare is that it's not, you're not only sparking and fueling your own soul tank, which is internal, right? It's inside out.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So you have, it's like a double whammy. And I think people feel it. And I think, you know, it attracts people and the people, you know, I, I agree with your friend. It's like, who cares? The people who you're not meant to serve will be offended by the fact that you're talking about something else. Yeah. But really, like you have to be one dimensional for somebody to want to work with you. Bye-bye.
1: And where do you draw the line? Because uh, you know, we specialize in rentals and first-time home buyers. And I had, you know, dozens or probably even a hundred people tell me that renters suck and why am I a realtor and you know, I can't I'm so offended that you're in the business because you're not pushing people to buy. But at the end of the day, like I was passionate about renters and I wanted them to get the help that they needed and it worked out for me. So It's, uh, you know, where do you draw the line? And as soon as you do sales, why aren't you doing luxury sales? Why aren't you doing
0: move up buyers,
1: you know, and it just, where do you draw the line? Make yourself happy.
0: Yeah. Amen. Amen, sister. So let's, let's talk about some, some other fun little things here. So, um, do you have a word for the year?
1: A word for the year.
0: Yeah, you know um, that's kind. Of, it's kind of one of those
1: things. Like say, yeah, it's a two-year a two-year project for me because this is something I adopted last January, actually. And um, deeper roots. How do I take relationships deeper? How do I sew down, you know, roots that are stronger? And so that that has been with me for about two years. And whenever I think something, it's not necessarily like uh, you know more horizontally. It's more like how can I how can I get deeper with people.
0: Oh, I love that. And I think that again, that speaks to the, a holistic approach to life and it allows you to be more open to more things. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's, you know, I think the, the happiest people that I know are the people who live that way, who aren't worried about, you know, rules and confinement and, and some, the way someone else has done it. And, you know, in the, in the real estate space in particular, I mean, that's, been around for a very very long time and there are some people who are set in stone with how they want to do things and so I remember when you first kind of came on the scene and it was like who is this cow it's focusing on renters you oh. know it, it was your, your logo was fresh and your colors were fresh and everything was so fresh and fun and there were people who were like oh no 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 like that can't be considered real estate and I remember thinking you go like Shake it up, and I think now you're starting to see people step out and into, um, into creating their own version of what they want their real estate business to be. So congratulations to you, because I'm whether they know it or not, I'm sure you were part of the inspiration for them to feel strong enough to do it.
1: Oh well, thank you. Of
0: course, of course. So, do you have any, um, you know, whoopses? <laughs> Oopsie, I made a mistake. Um, I love failure personally, it's one thing that I'm like, if I didn't fail this week, I certainly did not work hard enough. Yeah. So, um, Zach, he came up with something that
1: I thought was brilliant and that is celebrate to try. And so that takes a lot of pressure off of, you know, succeeding or winning or getting it right. If you can just say, you know what, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'll get there, but I'm damn well, going to try that that's worth celebrating And I think that that's that's really powerful. And it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like when you're a kid and you have the rainbow of ribbons and everybody gets a ribbon. It's more like, did you put forward your best effort? And whether you, you know, made the goal or not, you, you should be celebrating the try. And I think a good example is I ran for the Houston Association of Realtors board of directors two years ago, um, and I did not get elected. I lost by less than 200 votes um, to somebody who'd been on the board for six years. So, but I was very proud of how hard I tried. I teamed up with Katie Maxwell and Katie did get on the board. She succeeded by eight votes um, and we campaigned together. We held events together. We put out original pieces together. So, you um, know, I did not get on the board. I feel in some ways that there was a victory because we did get a millennial on the board. Um, and it was one of the, you know, she was one of the first millennials to be on the board at HAR. And, you know, three months later, somebody said, hey, would you like to be on the state board of directors for the Texas Association of Realtors? Uh, And I said, absolutely, that would be fantastic. So again, just the fact that I put myself out there, I didn't win. I felt like I did because Katie won and I wound up on, you know, the state board. So I think out of, out of failure, (laughs) so long as effort exists, you can get really far.
0: Well, and I love that. You know, I mean, I think we, I totally, I believe in the unanswered prayer, right? It's. You know, you think you know where you're going. You know where you're going. But there's a plan. Like there is, there is an ultimate plan, no matter what you want to call it, whatever your higher power is, there is there is a an opportunity that's waiting for you. And it's just like you're saying, it's about being open to it and putting effort in and, and sowing seeds and being ready and available. I remember when you were doing... Uh, when you were campaigning i think that's actually you were talking about it when we were on the wine tour bus when we were going through napa (laughs) so um congratulations i didn't know about this state board piece but how cool is that
1: yeah super cool i mean when you sit in a room with uh actually i'll tell you exactly how it went i sat in the room maybe 120 people sit on the board and i was like oh my gosh this is amazing i'm so happy and i can't believe i'm here and i'm so blessed and you know, three hours into the meeting later and I'm like slumped down like this. And I'm like, I'm so blessed to be here. (laughs) 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 Um, Because I'm not a meeting person, you know? So I I very appreciate the opportunity. I'm learning so much um, and and always happy to participate. But
0: meetings are not me. Well, I think think progress is you. I think a lot of meetings are not, progress focus yeah Yeah. and uh, that's one of the one of my most favorite things about having my own company (laughs) I don't have to have a meeting ever if I don't want to have one (laughs) like there's I I remember just the monotony of that and in particular when there's when there are multiple generations and both genders involved there's not only communication style there's experience involved and how things used to be. And it can be so long. You're like, okay, I could have had this done in like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so the frustration level, I love it though. It's it, it's all part of the journey, right? Being involved in that. Yeah. Um, I, I often used to say like my superpower is finding clarity in chaos <laughs> because it, I always felt like I, I could see the puzzle put together, but everybody wanted to keep their own pieces. I'm like, what is happening here? So, what do you think your superpower is? Do you have one? Yeah. Of course, we all have one.
1: Somebody put it very, very well, and I would agree. She said, "Communication is the golden spoon in your mouth." You could tell somebody to, you know, fuck themselves, and they will be like, "Thank you very much." Um, and that's that's very true. When I, I think so, you know, long and hard about how will people perceive my message, and I can communicate things that are extremely difficult. Um, and have it be well received. So, whether I'm talking or whether it's written, you know, just the way that the message comes across. So, I have that, you know, communication is the golden spoon.
0: I love that. I love, and I think that's very true. And I think that, you know, interestingly enough, um, I'm not a big fan of the generation labels, millennial, Gen X, although I'm a Gen Xer, which is kind of the forgotten generation. Um, but, but just the different, cause I think it's just a, it's just personalities. I think it's just people who have a passion for something and that they can open their mouth and articulate it in a way while looking somebody in the eye. We have, we have so much potential on this planet. And so I think that's great that communi- <laughs> communication is the golden spoon. That's great. In your mouth.
1: I think when it comes to the generations, you know, it, you certainly can't lump everybody into one bucket and say that all millennials do this. But when you can say, you know, across this, this group of people in this, you know, that were born in this 15 year range and this other group of people in that 15 year range, what, what trends do you see and why is that important? And so, you know, for me millennials, the side, the side hustle, it's always existed, you know, we labeled it, but something that's like the sharing economy, right? This is new. We share it, millennials share everything you know, I'm going to share my car, I'm going to share my apartment, I'm going to share my pants, I'm going to lend my purse out, you know, you rent it for a week for you know $45, you rent it for a week. That didn't happen with Gen Xers or baby boomers. You know, my dad right. is a baby boomer and he was very much like, you know, my home is my castle, you know, and it was, this is this is mine and yours. And, and millennials, th- those lines are blurred, you know, so yeah. that is a trend that's very interesting to me. So while you could never say that all millennials do X, Y, and Z. You can certainly say like, this is unique and we're seeing it with this group of people more than we've seen it in the past. And there's a lot of things like that. So I'm pretty fascinated by generational studies. And, and, you know, I agree with you. Don't, don't label everybody in the same way, but there are some things that are really unique from one to the next.
0: Completely agree. And it'll be interesting. I mean, as technology grows and it becomes more accessible, it'll be interesting to see what types of things the next generation goes will it swing back or will it continue to swing forward you know will will everybody be living in communes like the hippies right uh, you know who knows where it's going i mean the tiny house the tiny house from blows my mind i mean First of all, I married a guy that's six four, so there is no tiny house that he would ever fit in <laughs> that fits the tiny house concept. But but that to me is like, oh my gosh, that's like camping all the time. And I could never do that. But there's a such a passion around that, right? That is definitely now not to say that there aren't people who in their are in their sixties or seventies or fifties or forties who want to do that too, but far less. Yep. Yeah. Than the younger millennial yeah,
1: and it's fascinating so uh, you know because my mom is a huge fan of tiny houses she's been researching it and understands the laws and different you know municipalities and um, counties and where can you have one and does it have to be attached or non attached and is it a homestead and is it financeable and everything and she's like you know you're fascinated in it because it's Uh, it's affordable housing option and it, you can move. So it's very flexible. She's fascinated because she's, you know, the baby boomer about to retire and she's like, I'm on a very fixed income. And so property taxes are a big deal escalating. And, you know, if she wants to live a good life, this is some way a way that she can do it and possibly still, you know, retire, but she doesn't see any way besides that. So she's, into the tiny houses, very different reasons than millennials might be into the tiny houses. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Watch.
0: I love it, I know, me too. I think that it's, you know, we ha- and we have access to so many more people's stories now, mm-hmm. with the internet, with social media, you know, we we see behind the curtain way more than we ever have. And I think that there, that makes people brave. I, I, don't, I think that we fo- focus far too much on how behind the scenes, or I should say the highlight reel makes everyone feel uncomfortable and like they're not good enough. But I also see this totally separate side. That's like, it makes people brave. You see somebody doing something you never thought was ever even possible and they're doing it. Yep. And why not? Why not me? Why not you? I think it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. That is exactly
1: what I thought about Rodan Fields. I was like, if she can do this and love her life, then I can do this and love my life. And I was like, I will be as successful in this as I am in real estate. And somebody's like, that's impossible. And I said, watch me. <laughs> and the last time I said, watch me was when I left corporate America for real estate. So it's, uh, we'll, see. we'll see what happens. But I totally agree with you. You know, when people are willing to share their life and you can say, wow, I think I want to do that. I can do that. It's very empowering in a lot of ways.
0: Yes. It's so beautiful. So before we close out, I want to give people an opportunity to find ways to communicate you with you, connect with you. So what's the best way for the audience today, tomorrow, and in the future to get in touch with Miss Sarah? I
1: would tell this to the people that work for me and the people that I've never met before. If you message me on Facebook, you're going to get me before you email me or call me. So I'm a Sarah Chanel Jones on Facebook. Um, My maiden name is Chanel S C H N E L L. Uh, and I'm friends with Deb, so find me through Deb. But yeah, Facebook is great. We'll connect on there, and you can see okay. all of my fabulous posting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see how you're telling your story. I think that's so cool. It's
1: really well, you know. And I, I love to see people's life when they tell their story, and you know, it's uh, Facebook is great. I feel like there's six degrees of separation. I was so fascinated with growing up, and I think they've shown that because of Facebook, it's smaller than six. And how cool is that?
0: How oh yeah yeah. Oh yeah, I was actually, um, a couple weeks ago, talking with one of my favorite authors on Twitter. (laughs) I was like, this is some craziness! Like, it's so cool. Yeah, there's, there's, but the thing is, we're all people. We're all, we all put our pants on the same way as my grandma used to say. It's like, but this now allows that accessibility, and again, allows that, you know, you can either look at someone else's success and say, you know, that should be mine, or wow, I can't wait to get mine yeah and I think that I love your story I love your spunk and your sass and your focus on your version of success and I think that's so inspiring and I know it's gonna help just ignite people who are watching this to step forward you know keep moving forward and doing doing fun things that just keep them Alive moving forward. So I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for joining the show. I'm actually going to open it up. I know. I think Stacy wants to jump in. So if Stacy, if you want to jump in, honey, I'm going to unlock the seat. Um, I'm actually going to turn off the recording. So, um, let's, uh, let's do our cheers and then we'll keep the conversation going after.
1: What happened here?
0: (laughs) I know, right. (laughs)